and usually around the third or fourth date when you're just dating and you're starting to get, you get to that point where it's like, okay, this is either going to go somewhere or it's going to fizz out now. She'll usually just throw a little test at you at that point just to test your masculinity. G'day, g'day. Welcome to another episode of Not-So-Secret Dad's Business. Uh, this episode, guys, I've got our good friend Shane Pretner back on the show. So how are you, Shane? What's going on with you, mate? I'm great, mate. It's great to be back here. Um, it's, it's been a heaps going on. I've been pretty busy and uh, been enjoying it, though. So, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, that's good, man. I mean, yeah, you were saying um, just earlier, like, you've you, you've got a big move going from from – Tamworth up to the sunny coast and all that sort of thing happening. And so, yeah, it must be exciting, man. Yeah, it is. It is. It's really exciting. So I've spent, um, oh, I've made a couple of trips up there in the last few weeks and like the winter in Tamworth, it's pretty bitter, like heavy frost and things like that. But getting up there to the coast, like, yeah, it's been great. And I'm really, I'm looking forward to getting up there. Um, yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've, I've held a, I have held a workshop up there before, like a parent's workshop. And um, with a really great result, like I'd, I'd like to sort of do them all around. Mm-hmm. But um, I do find I do find up there there's there's a lot there's a lot going on, and there's there's a, a great population for it. Like I don't know what it is. You know, you find some areas where people aren't so growth minded, or people aren't um, sort of looking for that sort of thing and, and learning and things like that. I'm not saying that's you know an entire area is that way, yeah. but you seem to find that more in some places than others. Yep, yep. And, I mean, Tamworth would be one of those spots, wouldn't it? Because, I mean, it is more of a country town and or country city and everybody's just busy doing their own thing and, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah I mean, people are sort of happy where they are here mostly, you know, like, and it's, it's, it's one of those things too. It's like from the outside looking in, we can all judge other people based on our own lives. Mm-hmm and our own goals and what we want and what, what we perceive to be the, the ultimate life. Yep. Right. But some people, like there's a lot of people around Tamworth that I would think, shit, I wouldn't like that life, but they love it. Yeah. That's for real. Eh? And I, in fact, that's one thing I was thinking about the other day, actually is, um, is, uh, you know, the, the fact that reality is only dependent on the perception. So yeah. my reality is completely different to your reality because we, we perceive things from a completely different lens, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. It's sort of, that works on every level, you know, like if you go fairly shallow level, like, you know, there's, there's people, plenty of people out there that think I'm an asshole and I definitely have that side. Like we have yeah. to, right. And for a lot of people, like when I initially heard that, it's like, I'm not an asshole, you know, like you get really defensive, like I'm not. And then I just think about all the good things I've done and I'm like, yeah, clearly mm-hmm. I'm not. But in their world, in their perception, there's another version of me. So if I know if, if, if a thousand different people know me, then there could be a thousand different versions of me. I think when you really understand that, it kind of brings you a lot of peace too. Like you can sort of accept that people are going to have their opinions about you and you're not trying to defend and, and prove that, prove them wrong because you know what? They're right. I mean, if you go, if you go on a much deeper level, you know, where your perception creates your reality, it's like all of our senses are designed to pick up only a very, very narrow amount of what's actually there. You know, I mean, there's spectrum of light that we pick up on as, as I think many people know these days, 
it's only a small amount of all the lights and colors that are actually in the air at any given time. But if we were to perceive everything, then would be screwed and you wouldn't actually see anything. It would all just be white. Yeah, that's true. So, hey, look, man, I've noticed lately that you've got a new, uh, another webinar coming up. Now, it's on masculine and feminine energy, right? And this is something I love talking to you about. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to be able to plug your webinar and really, really start talking about some of these things on a deeper level because we have mentioned it or spoken about it before on the show. But it'll maybe it'll be a good opportunity just to go that a little bit deeper. Yeah, I love talking about it. And it's one of those subjects that sort of does, it gets everyone's ears pricking up, I think, because um, it really sort of, it's involved in every part of our life. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you're talking about work and career and business, everything's about human relationships. Yep. And if you're going to go into a particular field, then it helps to know what energy you have, what are the strengths of that energy, and what are the traits maybe of the opposite energy that, that isn't your dominant energy that you might want to work on or you might want to um, delegate. So obviously like for us, 90, let's just say, let's just use the 80, 20 rule, right? So let's say 80% of men are masculine energy or masculine dominant and 20% of men are feminine dominant, mm-hmm. right? Because we've all got both. It's like the yin yang symbol. Yeah. You've got to have, all got, yeah, that's right. You've got to have balance. We've all got both, but one of the, one of them is always more dominant than the other. Yep. So with masculine energy, right? Um, I, I did a little post recently. I don't know if you saw it on, on my Primal Connections page about um, how the masculine can be represented by the mountains and the feminine can be represented by the river. Okay. No, I missed that one. So mountains kind of stand there. They're big, strong, immovable, great masses of land. Yep. The river just flows. It flows in and around the mountain and it never stops. It's always going from one place to another and flowing. And that's the feminine, right? So the mountain stands immo- immovable in his, in his place. It's strong. It's that's the masculine energy and the river can flow. It changes form constantly. It never stops. Right. So the feminine, she, she moves from one thing to another. She multitasks. She fills spaces like a river. Like you, you look at a bachelor pad, right? And you've got a couple of blokes or, or a bloke who's just been living on his own and you go into his lounge room. There's like a lawn chair and a TV on a box. Yep. yep. <laughs> that's all we need. We're simple people. That's it. But And then he gets a partner and she moves in and all of a sudden there's all these pictures. Every little corner is filled with a fucking house plant or a, <laughs> um, a picture or a little basket with nothing in it. Yep. <laughs> the feminine loves to fill spaces and she tends to be creative too. And that's one area where you've got a healthy masculine feminine balance, especially in a relationship, as one thing that makes you unstoppable because the masculine tends to be a logical problem solver. Mm-hmm. Right, we like to think logically. We like to think methodically and solve a problem. We like to bring things to an end. Yep. And the feminine can be really creative and flowy and changing the form and all that sort of thing. So when you put those two things together, you can use the creativity to solve just about any problem mm-hmm. and to make things better. Yeah. See, I've 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 picked up on that myself. You know, quite often when my partner's upset, I don't think about sitting down and consoling her and supporting her. I think about what caused the the distress and how do I remove? Because once I remove that, that problem, <laughs> well, then I fixed it. There's no need for the distress. She should be happy, right? Yeah, um, right. That's the masculine way. And that's the masculine way, the logical way of thinking. And one thing I am trying to do is sort of stop and take that moment and rather than react to the situation, sit down with her and reflect and try and, and just support her and see it from her point yeah. of view. I mean, this is one thing that the masculine does is we tend to, 
if we don't need to involve anyone else to solve a problem, we tend to solve it on our own, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where often the fem because the feminine love to connect. And in the feminine world, if you approach someone and offer them advice and offer to help them with something, that's because you honor them, because you value them, because you're looking to connect. Yep. But if you approach a masculine with unsolicited advice, he takes offense, right? Because you're questioning his competence in a way. Yep. So in saying that when there is a problem that this masculine person's like, you know what, this is a bit above my head. I'm having a hard time. I might need to call in a few mates and we'll just sit down and talk about it. And that's how we do. I mean, we're all told to solve problems, to talk about our emotions and talk about our feelings in the way that women do. But the truth is we just talk about it like a problem. We like, you know what? I've got this problem. Have you tried this? Yep. Have you tried this? No, I'll try that. Good idea. Yep. Okay. Let's do that. And that's how we do it. So if I, I'll say to you now, if we sit down here and talk about you and your partner um, in these situations where say you've come home from work and she's sort of telling you about her day mm -hmm. and all this shit that went wrong and gosh, the, and the kids did this and the car broke down and, and you're like, oh, well, okay, let's, um, I'll have a chat to the kid. Um, we'll make sure he doesn't do that again tomorrow. We'll put that thing up higher. Um, I'll book the car in for a service. She's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> right? So, so you and I are here now, we're talking about this problem as masculines. And mm -hmm. so I'll, I'll offer to you that I think a better way to fix that problem is just by listening. So a lot of the time, because we're advised by feminines, I'm just going to say by women because yep. it's easier. We're advised by women to just listen to her. And that doesn't make sense to us. So I'm going to tell you as a man, here's how we fix the problem. Just listen to her. Yeah. And I mean, look, I, I don't know how to do that exactly. It's, yeah. it's something I'm still working on because I don't know about you, but just sitting there listening, I kind of feel yeah. like I'm not doing anything to solve the problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. And, and that's why if we learn about it, we learn about this stuff and you, you just get that, just that basic understanding, then you can start to sharpen a circuit in your brain that says, you are solving the problem, the current problem that you're facing by listening, supporting, you know, you, obviously you let her know that you're listening by, uh-huh, yep. And throw in the odd, gosh, that must've been frustrating because she's just looking for connection. She's just looking to let that shit flow. Yeah, I like it, man. And that, I mean, you know, I love analogies. So the the, the mountain and river, I mean, that's, that's a really, really good way of yeah. uh, explaining that. I, I really like it. And I mean, it's beautiful as well, because I mean, quite often you'll find that a river is actually able to cut through a mountain as well. And I think that's really indicative of how, how relationships work a lot of the time as well, is that as men, we do try to sort of uh, contain the situation and sort of solve problems and be logical and everything. And our partners do, they sort of cut through that hard exterior in a way. You know, in those private settings, and you can just sort of be there together. And it's it's the way that the river erodes away at the base of the mountain; it just wears it away. Yeah, right. If that mountain is in the wrong spot, the river will just keep bashing it until it moves out of the way. And that's I mean, that's just the way it is. But the the strongest mountains or the healthiest masculines will stand strong. And it's not about hurting the river; it's not about hurting the masculine or blocking her or obstructing her or anything like that. It's just about, you know, a lot of the time when the river is raging, the mountains assist to bring it back to calm, but they don't try and force it to be calm. They just, hey, I'm here. I'm solid. You're not moving this mountain. Just calm. It's all good. Like you say, I know you love your analogies. And another way that the feminine is represented is by nature. So na nature is feminine. It's I think natural selection, right? The feminine tends to be the selector. It chooses her, chooses her partner and chooses that. 
so in nature too, the storms, right? The fury, just like the river, the raging river, like as much as that rivers can be nice and tranquil and so inviting and life bringing and nurturing and supportive, you know, when they're raging, they're fucking raging. Yes. <laughs> and they're destructive. Definitely. So tell me, man, how can, how can we as men sort of tap into ourselves to sort of determine the, the, the feminine and masculine aspects of ourselves to sort of understand ourselves a bit better? You know, what? one of the most powerful things when I was becoming aware of all this, a group of us guys stood in a room and we all stood together facing the same way. We all stood with our feet apart and we closed our fists and all together on the count of three, just let out a roar all together and again and again and again. And it just brought up that masculine energy, but in a proud way, in a healthy way, right? And we're all connected in that way. A little detail that I'd left out was that there was a bunch of women in the room too watching. And when we were done, they were kind of squirming in their seats. Yeah, right. They loved it. They absolutely loved it. And in these days would be told that that's very intimidating and those poor women and all that sort of thing, right? That's what we'd get from the mainstream. But the, the truth is you ask any woman in that room and they were all going, go off my ovaries. That's one thing I heard. <laughs> so, I mean, if you have an opportunity, I mean, I know we're a lot of us are in lockdown at the moment, but when you've got an opportunity to get out in nature, get out and present yourself to nature, get out on your own and just fucking let, let it roar. It sounds a bit funny, but just, do it. Just embrace your masculine energy and stop letting the, the mainstream and the, the scared, wounded people from forcing you to push it back down just because of they're scared and they're wounded and they're afraid of it. Yeah, I mean, masculinity is nowadays almost like a, a swear word, isn't it? Like Because mm. it's, always, it's always linked back to toxicity. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a shame. And um, it's so easy to buy into. It really is. It's easy to buy into. But when you've got the understanding and when you see it at work, you, when you see it working. So let's say, for example, any feminine who isn't really wounded and really polarized will absolutely take the embrace of any strong masculine because that, that dark masculine energy, that intimidating, destructive, dark masculine energy, which, you know, we can switch on like when, when we sense a threat, we, we can flick that switch, right? And yep. we're dark, we're ready to go. And that, when it's voluntarily controlled in a healthy manner, is so, so reassuring to a feminine, so attractive to her, right? Because yep. she's protected. The thing is about the feminine, they know they can become pregnant and vulnerable at any time. So if you are offering yourself as a partner to a feminine, then she's going to have to test whether or not you're going to be able to deal with her when she's pregnant and whether or not you're going to protect her. And this is happening on an unconscious, on a deep level. And usually around the third or fourth date, when you're just dating and you're starting to get, you get into that point where it's like, okay, this is either going to go somewhere or it's going to fizz out now. She'll usually just throw a little test at you at that point just to test your masculinity and just see if you're healthy. See if you'll see if you'll stand up for yourself because she knows if you don't stand up for yourself, you won't stand up for her. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it goes so deep. There's so many levels to it. I mean, you know, what about our what about our kids? Like, I mean, I'm sure a lot of your listeners would have um, tween girls, like girls who are coming into their teenage years and coming into those years where, you know, I hate to say it, but they have the ability to fall pregnant. So as I was just saying, when you've got a feminine who has the ability to fall pregnant, when she's sort of courting or looking for a partner or that, she, she's going to test and need to know that he's going to be protective and he's going to be um, able to deal with her when she's pregnant and things like that. And I mean, you look at how these young girls act 13, 14 years old, right? Towards their, towards their fathers. 
Yeah, they're full of attitude and, and always pushing back. Yeah, pushing buttons. At the same time, you know, at that age, they tend to be, um, like both boys and girls tend to be looking for their own identity, you know, yeah. breaking away from how they grew up and saying, what do I look like in the world? Yep. What do I want to be? So they're forming their own identity. So they're going to push back against their parents, push back against traditions and, and rebel a bit. And at the same time, these young girls, they also need to feel protected. Mm-hmm. They also need to feel like the masculine in their life is going to be there and is going to be able to deal with them. Yeah, so essentially they are going to going to test us as fathers as well. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, it's just being healthy in your masculine energy. And that's where, you know, I get it. I wouldn't say I get triggered, but I do get pretty annoyed by all the toxic masculinity and all the, mascul- the, all the shaming of masculinity mm-hmm. because we're being told to push it down and we're being told not to show these masculine traits, which is exactly what the girls are looking for. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, on, on the other hand there as well, and maybe this is just something I've noticed, or but I mean, there's more of a feminine energy coming out in a lot of men nowadays as well. Because the, the tides are starting to turn a bit, we're picking up those roles that traditionally would have been a feminine role. There are many more stay-at-home fathers nowadays than there ever was. You know, fathers now are a lot more, well, I shouldn't say fathers now, but a lot more fathers now are, are more hands-on with their kids. And, and I mean, I, I'm one of those dads. I take umbrage when I, I take my son to the shop and someone says, oh, dad's babysitting today. Or, <laughs> yeah. oh, what did you do to, to get in trouble? Giving mum a break today? And it's like, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm parenting. And so on one hand, society wants you to push that masculinity down. But at the same time, there's more of a balance now, I feel, than there ever was. Yeah, well, I think it'll, it'll, it'll constantly find a balance. Like, the more it swings one way, the more it's going to swing back the other way and then back the other way because yep. that's what's needed and that's what the world will need. And so the more you remove something, the more it's needed, right, if it's essential. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more that we will work to get it back. So it's like it's like those it's like just about anything in your life that you take for granted. Once it's you don't realize it's there until it's gone. It's in fact it's like think about the really masculine jobs like police, uh, military, and things like that. We don't realize what the police and military do because they do it so well, right? They keep the bad guys at bay, and we get so comfortable and so okay with where we are that we're like, you know what? Maybe we don't need them. Meanwhile, they're out there on the front line, fighting hard, working hard keeping us safe, doing such a good job that we feel so safe that we feel we don't need them. And then once they go, then we're like, oh, shit, that's what we need. And I think it's the same just with masculine energy. The more we reject it and push it away, the more we're going to get a big smack in the face saying you kind of needed that. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And, I mean, at a risk of, of, you know, getting political here, um, I'm going to try to avoid it. But with that police example that you've just had, I think a perfect example would be everything that had been going on in America just last year, you know, with, with all the rioting and the looting and everything that was going on and everybody's screaming, defund the police. Mm. And, you know, yes, yeah, sure, with a budget, money could be useful in education or, or in healthcare or whatever. But... Meanwhile, they're screaming defund the police and they're tearing their own cities apart, you know, and then, yeah. the, and then the police are, are powerless. They're, and then, all of, like you said, all of a sudden they're going to start screaming, well, where's the police? 
We're now living yeah. in this lawless city. Where are the police? They've dropped the ball. And one thing about the masculine is he likes to feel needed because you notice as soon as um, before they even defund the police, the more people are saying we don't need the police, the more police are walking away from the job. And those that are walking away from the job are usually some of the best police. They're some yep. of the, not saying that um, you have to be masculine to be police, but some of the real masculine, protective, big guys in the in the cops were, were walking away. Because if you tell the masculine it's not needed, he'll just go find somewhere he is. That's right. I mean, that's I think that's indicative in, in a lot of things as well. It's not just in the police force or anything like that. It's, it's anyway, like... It happens in relationships. I mean, when when a man gets pushed away so often, he he is end up going to just go and do his own thing, you know, and find where he's needed. And that's where, without trying to find excuses for people's bad behaviour or anything like that, but I think that's sometimes where some men do start wandering off and, and looking outside the relationship because they don't feel like they're needed within their relationship. Yeah, a lot of the time what they're seeking, I mean, usually when when a man goes outside of the relationship for gratification, it's like, what does he get from that gratification? Quite often it is approval from a feminine because approval from a feminine is huge for a masculine, right? Like, yep, okay, your genes are good enough to reproduce with. And that's, that's like the ultimate compliment. One thing I do want to point out too, when I say that the masculine um, wants to feel needed, in case you do have um, wives and, and partners or your listeners want to show their wives and partners this podcast, there's a difference between feeling needed and neediness, right? Yep. Neediness, I'm talking more about nagging, about you, you never do this, you never do that, you need to do this, you need to do that. You're questioning his competence, right? It's like saying, can you do something or will you do something, right? Can you do something? I don't know if you're competent. Yep. Will you do it? I know you're competent and I'd like it if you do. That's a, that's a huge difference to a masculine. It sounds exactly the same to a feminine, so they'll find it hard to understand, just like we find it hard to understand that it's good to just listen sometimes. But to us, it is big because, I mean, we all know that for many women, talking about their appearance is a sensitive subject, right? Yes. So just as much as you can hurt them is the same amount as you can praise them and bring them up when you talk about their appearance. Yep. So for men, in masculine, it's, it's competence. That's, yes. that's, the, um, that's the equal in, in masculine is competence because, yeah, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I've, I've noticed that even just in myself, you know, that when I'm feeling competent about something, like I, I do feel like that, you know, I'm the king of the world, you know. I know I yeah. can take care, take care of business. There's one thing I, I told my brother a, a few years ago. And when you, as a man, when you feel that you can take care of business, it's, it's the best feeling in the world. It is. It's so good. And so I, I imagine that's what it's like when a girl gets a compliment on her, on her eyebrows. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know. I've, I've got horrendous eyebrows, but I'm sure that that would be the case. <laughs> yeah. I think your left one's a bit better than the right one, but yeah. But uh, they're not on fleek today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, um, you know, when, when our partner praises our competence and just gives us that little, oh, look at you go. It's yeah. like, fuck, we'll walk around with our chest puffed out, shoulders up, like, fuck, yeah. And yeah. it's because that puts us into our masculine comfortably. Yep. So it's just the same thing as when your partner comes home after a hard day work and she's looking pissed off and she's like, fuck this, and she's, you can see something's going on. Just to, just to break that state, because yep. she's probably going to be in a masculine, and just to break that state, you just compliment her looks. 
and with a bit of humor, just say, gosh, how can you how can you pull off still looking so pretty when you look so pissed off? And it could just break her. And then she'll just melt into her feminine and you can step in as the masculine, put your arms around her and maybe listen. Yeah. She, she might you might find that in that situation, she'll often not even need to vent after that because she's she's melted into a feminine. She's ready to just let it go and yeah. let it down. One thing I found that's that's worked for for my, my me and my relationship anyway is that uh, quite often we'll we'll actually talk on the phone on our way home from work. So we work very similar hours. You know, and so we'll we'll talk in the afternoon. And by the time we've gotten home, we've already spoken about what went wrong at work, you know, how our daily went, all that sort of thing. So by the time, yeah, by the time we get home, we've vented and we're just like in that mode to sort of into, move into that parental role, I guess. And just yeah. there's, there's none of this bullshit of being in bad moods or anything like that. It's all right, we've got all that out of the way. Now let's worry about dinner. Let's get the dishes done. Let's let's be a family and have our family time. Let's sit down and read some books with the young fella or or let's snuggle up together and watch a movie. That's awesome. I, I don't I think well, that's a really good routine. And I don't think people don't sort of understand the importance of that sort of thing. Like you think, oh yeah, you just chat on the phone on the way home and you just sort of play it by ear or whatever. But having a routine like that, like I think it would change so many relationships mm. that don't do that already. Yeah. And you know uh, what? Sometimes yeah. it's nice as well because by the time we get home, we've said everything we need to say. And so then we yeah. can just sit there in each other's presence and just in, enjoy each other's company. There's no tension there. There's no need to, you know, solve any problems or anything like that. You know what I mean? And that's, I mean, it's a good point too you make about how you both come home from work at a similar time because I'm, I'm, I was talking about how when the feminine comes home from work and she just wants to unwind and vent and let it out and flow and you just want to kind of listen to her, mm. don't fix it. But what if you've just come home from work too, right? Because the masculine, what the masculine does is we'll go hard as fuck at something, right? We get that single point focus, that one goal, and we'll just give everything to it until it's done. Yep. And then we just zone out. Like we'll just sit there and stare at a wall. Yep. Like when I've had a huge day at work and it's just been nonstop all day, you know, no lunch break, no time for that, just hot sticks all day. I'll sort of get home, I'll stop and like you just fucking zone out. You don't even think of anything. No. Like people go, what are you doing staring at the wall? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I've had my it's... partner do that often so often, so often as well. She's like, hey, um, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, why, what's up? She goes, oh, you're staring off into <laughs> space. What are you thinking about? I'm like, Nothing really. Yeah. You know, and this is what I love about men as well. And, and and the way we think, because we are logical thinkers, you know, there's a box for everything. Yeah. And once we're taking care of everything in each box, there is that nothing box. And we like to go into that box that has nothing in it and just enjoy the nothingness. Yeah. And that's generally the time where you're recouping your masculine energy. You'll actually be building testosterone in that time. Because during the day, you've spent it all. Like, you've gone hard as fuck and just you've used all that energy. And so sometimes for, for guys, depending on, you know, what times you and your partner get home and things like that, yep. sometimes it's good to stop for 10 minutes around the corner before you get home. Yep. Go to a park or something, just sit on the bench and do your staring there. Because when you get home, remember, the feminine is flowy. We've got a start and an end, and we like to have the break in between, but the feminine just flows from one thing to another, and she can't yeah. quite understand 
especially at the end of the day, if she's been dealing with the kids all day and she's flowing and she wants that break, she's not really going to understand why you're staring at a wall while she's doing <laughs> everything. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I saw saw a post on the internet just the other day. Uh, it was a question from a woman saying, like, what is it with men and sitting in the car outside before they come in? And even, like, in the, in the dad groups that I'm in on Facebook, a lot of dads have gone, hey, who else likes to come home and before they go inside just sit in the car for five minutes with, with silence, you know? And yeah. like you said, that's that moment for us to sort of regroup and go, okay, I've shut off all my shit at work and now I can transition into my home life. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. And like I said before, it's the little things like this that people sort of, you know, you just don't think much of it. Like you play it by ear. It's like, what's sitting in the car or chatting and chatting to your partner on the way home. Yep. Like it's, I think it's really important to set up a structure like that. Like I think just try it, just try it for one or two days, try it for a week and just measure the difference. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, so anyway, Shane, while I've got you, man, tell us a bit about the webinar that's coming up. Yeah, so um, July or this month on the 31st, it's only 11 days from now while we're recording. Yep. Um, 8 p.m. It's going to be on Zoom. So I've got the event on Facebook. Um, but the best way to register is just to go on the Primal Connections webpage, yep. which is www.primalconnections.com.au. And as soon as you open that, right in the middle of the screen, you'll be able to click the button and register for the webinar. Yeah, awesome. And so basically you're going to be covering a lot of this in that webinar as well. Is it? Because uh, as I said earlier, it's all about the masculine and feminine energy and, and how they correlate with each other and everything. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, we talk freely here and we sort of, you know, back and forth and that, but it's sort of probably just going to be a lot more structured. It's going to be a lot, a lot more detail and also... I usually keep the webinars to about an hour, but I've decided just to let them go and let them go as far as they want. You know, let people ask questions, get involved, get in the chat box, give me some examples, give me what's going on in your life, and we'll just sort of chat about masculine and feminine for as long as we need. Yeah, man, that sounds awesome. Yeah, well, look, thanks for having a chat with me again. No, it was good. It was good. It was really good. Thanks for listening to Not So Secret Dad's Business. If you have a topic you'd like covered or you just want to reach out to us, you can email us at notsosecretdadsbusiness at gmail.com or leave us a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash notsosecretdadsbusiness. If you want to follow us on social media, you can also follow us on Instagram at notsosecretdadsbusiness or on Facebook as well.